Welcome to What's on Your Souls, a relational podcast where you can relax and enjoy conversation, inspiration, encouragement, and motivation in a judgment-free space. Don't continue to drag around that emotional debris. Here's what's next on this episode. We talked a little bit, Liam, right before we went to break about the fact that the intent of the like button was just to make people feel happy, but it had some kind of background or a kick on it. Yeah. What do you think about that as a young adult? Have a seat on the porch and let's examine what's on your soul. Hi, everyone. This is Mia, and we want to welcome you to the What's on Your Soul podcast, a figurative front porch where we sit down and reflect and just talk about the things that come up and come out. And uh, we want a safe space where we can suspend judgment and engage in perspective taking and step up, step back, and um, know that one truth is not the only truth, that there's several truths because we all look at different windows and be able to bring that into the room to learn and to grow and to move towards life giving. I say this every single time, and I know that people grow weary of it, but it's true. I'm not trying to brag, but I have some phenomenal people that pass um, in my journey, and I'm always so grateful, and I try to be attentive to that. And so today, uh, we seem to be kind of stuck in this series that is about young adults, and maybe I want to say we're stuck because I am the parent of young adults, but um, and so maybe that's where I'm paying attention at this in this season but i also think that it's imperative that we know in a world that is um, experiencing some incongruence that we look behind us to see the people that are then going to run the world before us and those are our young adults and so i'm always um, grateful and excited to have them before me because i learn from them every day and today i have the pleasure of having liam mccormick it with me. Hey, Liam. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm well. So this is uh, a very sweet story that I'm sure is going to get sweeter and sweeter. But the reason that Liam is sitting with me is that Liam's family and my family have decided that we're going to do some form of exchange of a legacy uh, and continue the love and the respect of something um, that has been invested in and valued. And um, Tony and I and Donovan and Hayden and our family, we're very honored and we're very grateful to Liam's family for um, just inviting us into the space. And so I'm sure there will be years and years of conversations between Liam and I, and we will go back and listen to this particular podcast and just be in awe. And so I'm very honored to have you here, Liam. Yeah, thank you. And we are honored and blessed that you have entered our lives as well. I know it's a crazy thing. It really is. We can't even really talk about it right now, but it's good stuff. Um, and so the reason that, uh, another reason that Liam is here with me is that there is a documentary that came out in January, I believe it's in the Cannes Festival, but it's called The Social Dilemma. And when I was, uh, Tony and I were having lunch with Liam's mom a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about it in a sundry of things, but we landed up on the topic of that. And his mom at the time just said, Liam, you know, I'm so sorry that he's not even in this dialogue to begin with, but he has some valuable input and wisdom to bring to the table in this regard. And I thought, I bet he does, because I had already had conversations with Liam. 
And um, he is, Liam, may I say your age? Yes. 22, is that correct? Yes, it is. 22. So that is the age of my son as well, one of my children. And so then that in and of itself made me a fan. And then Liam, um, yeah, I don't even know how to describe that. I just already know what I know. He's got some things, some <laughs> wisdom that the world needs to hear. And uh, Liam, I hear that you're trying to get your way to law school. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I'm hoping to apply by the end of this year, and I, I hope to be enrolled in at Georgetown Law for next fall. What kind of law do you want to do? You know, I've worked in criminal law for the last year and a half, but I really love advocacy, and and so I'm hoping to go more into that area in, in advocacy law. I have no doubt. You know that, right? I have no doubt. Thank you. So it'll be great. And I had the pleasure of meeting Liam's siblings as well. It's just kind of a phenomenal little crew they've got going there. So <laughs> we're going to talk about social dilemma. And Liam, uh, the first thing I think I want to ask you is just what was your overall um, observation and takeaway from that documentary? Sure. I, I was generally mind blown by the amount of manipulation that goes on with these social media corporations and the way that they go about it specifically with these algorithms and how individualized and how really truly manipulative manipulative it is of all of us and how they sell ads to advertisers by promising these companies that they can change our behavior. What did you, what do you think if I I don't even know if you've given this any consideration. What did you think it was to begin with? Like all these years because you're somewhat of a digital native, right? Mm -hmm. So have you had you've had access to social media for how long? What age did you start all this? I would say that I first joined Facebook somewhere in 7th or 8th grade. Okay, so then to me, uh, being my age, I would say that that means you've had, you're like a native in this, right? Yes, yeah. Would do you, did you give any contemplation or reflection or consideration to like what this really was from the time you started? I, I really didn't. I really didn't until, until recently, until the last couple of years. And this kind of cemented that idea. So up until then, it was just like entertainment, something fun to do? Exactly. And now you think of it as? brain melting. Oh. <laughs> so Liam, so I w first we would we would encourage everyone that's listening to go watch the documentary. It's called The Social Dilemma, but there are some things that I am going to um pose towards uh, Liam to see his thoughts, and I think it's important again that we understand that this particular um creation was done talking about mostly generation Z. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And so that is going to speak to children that, you know, are Liam's age, around 22 up until, so born between 1997 up until about 2012. Um, and they are, are, you know, our movers and our shakers and future leaders. So there are a couple of quotes, Liam, that came from the documentary. And I just want to read them. And then I want you to tell me which one you were drawn to and what your thoughts are. So one of them, I'm just going to read the litany of them. The first was uh, indistinguishable from magic, that whatever is happening is indistinguishable from magic. 
if you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. Um, it's the gradual, slight, uh, imperceivable change in our own behavior and perception that is the product. Which I love. There are only two industries that call their customers users. Illegal drugs and software. Well, let's take a moment for that. Social media is a marketplace that trades exclusivity in human futures. The very meaning of culture is manipulation. Oh my <laughs> goodness. And all, um, yeah, and I'm going to stop there. Is there one that you landed on? I think the middle three kind of go together in my mind. Okay, talk it out for me. And I think about, I, I go back to my initial point of this manipulation and I think of it as really an economic market and and how I mean this the quote about dealing in human futures that these corporations do is really just the same as buying oil futures or or market futures where you try and predict what people are going to do or what the market's going to do and you spend money on people that can predict that. So these, you know, these ad corporations get people addicted and they manipulate their spending habits and their viewing habits and they're able to make money hand over fist. And and we talked about this earlier, but the 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 illegal drug and social media aspect, it's it's it releases the same Dopamine. chemicals yes. to refresh your feed as it does to pull the lever on a slot machine. So it's that so ins that insatiable quest, right? To yeah. To kind of get that done. Yeah, and it keeps you going back for more, and it keeps you refreshing and hoping that something new is going to pop up. You know, what was interesting about um, this documentary is the young men that we're talking about. So we're talking about gentlemen from um, Instagram and Facebook that they – so, and I think this happens a lot in life, Liam, and I'll, it'll be interesting to see if you agree that people don't always know what they're embarking upon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're doing it for some kind of monetary gain, but they're not, or maybe it feels powerful or whatever that is, but they are not adept in what the repercussions are going to be. Right. Another part of that documentary that struck me was the, the Facebook developer that said he created a like button. And he claimed that the like button was just to make people happy, right? And you get these likes and supposedly you're happy, but it has turned in now to where you get sad if you don't get enough likes and you get upset if you don't get enough likes. So it, it does, you know, has, it has great ideas at the outset, but you don't think about the repercussions. It's like letting it. a six-year-old driver Bentley yeah <laughs> <laughs> so when you say someone created the like button and they were just doing it to make people feel good right but then it turned into this whole monstrosity yeah. right of a this insatiable quest that's an interesting concept in and of itself to talk about we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna jump back in that because I do want to hear for someone your age like you I have less years before me than behind me. I think you have more years before you than behind you. I want to hear what you think are the repercussions of all of that. Okay, we'll be right back. More conversation on the way from What's On Your Souls with Mia 
In the meantime, if you have a comment, log on with your laptop or smartphone to miaembro.com. That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H.com. From the audio player, click the leave a comment link. Let your voice be heard. Now, back to more of what's on your souls. Okay, we're back on the porch, and I have the privilege of sitting here with Liam, and we are talking about the Social Dilemma documentary that came on. uh, It's been since January, then it went to the Cannes Festival, and now it has really just boomed and become something great. It's almost like a sleeper thing. But we would suggest, or I would at least, that every single person watch it as would I. Would you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's part of being educated and just awareness. Then you get to make choices mm-hmm. about what you're going right. to do. We talked a little bit, Liam, right before we went to break about the fact that um, the like button, mm-hmm. right? So the intent of the like button was just to make people feel happy, but it had some kind of back round away kick yeah. on it. Yeah. What do you think about that as a young adult? Well, I think... I think it, it speaks to a lot of different things that have similar intentions but end up having negative consequences. And and I think that it's far-reaching. I think that after Facebook is gone, maybe it won't be, but maybe after people have a better knowledge of what Facebook does, it's still going to have an effect on, on people my age for years, for what decades. What kind of effect? What do you think that effect is? Well, I think... It, there's a lot of different things that it has affected in my generation now, I think. And primarily it's, it's the way that we have relationships. And I think that this social media boom has thrusted upon people an idea of life that is not true. And, and it, it shows everybody who is on social media only the best parts of life and not the difficult parts, not the, the arguments or the disagreement or debate, but the happiness and fun pictures and together and whatever. But, and, and it makes people have unrealistic expectations of what a healthy relationship is. And so nobody's able to accept the fact that there are low points in relationships and everybody just wants the high points and nobody's there for the low points. So everyone's looking for the perfect. Yes. And the pretty. And, and it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It does not exist. It sounds very much like an artist when they're creating something um, and then they look at something and they say, this is not it. And then they get to redo it. But once you've put it out there on social media, right? Right. right. You get to contrive and you get to do it. And who would put, who would put anything other than what they want? Because this is what I always say. It's humans working with humans, right? Mm-hmm. And so in our quest to be seen, heard, and valued, we will present what we think people want. Yeah. Right. So then really, it's really not a safe space for the person looking at it, and it's not a safe per- place for the person that's creating it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because they don't get to bring their whole selves in. Right. And it's just not conducive to any type of healthy relationships or relationship building or, or anything of that. So sort. why the addiction to it? Why do you think people get addicted to it then? If we know this, mm-hmm. right? Well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think that one, everybody knows it or two, everybody's willing to 
forego it. I mean, certainly social media offers things that are great. It offers communication with family members across the world and the ability to share your experiences with family members or friends that you haven't seen or heard from in years. But that's not all of it. And it's addictive, you know. It's hard to step back from something that does offer things that are good. And that affirms and confirms you well. Yeah. All times. Right. So you can sell, you can do your, you can promote your business there if you have a gift or a talent. There are a lot of things that are um, positive about it and redeeming, but it's like anything, right? It's Mm -hmm. what I say, the five-year-old driving the Bentley. Yeah. Right? It's a great car. Right. (laughs) (laughs) These are great things. Okay. I have some statements that I want to make and I want that are taken from um, The Social Dilemma. And I'd love, Liam, just to hear your thoughts on it. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about this a little bit already. Technology being an addiction that runs parallel with the dopamine rush. So the same rush that is always present for any form of addiction. Right. Right. Whether we're talking about uh, drugs, sexual addiction, any kind of addiction that someone has, it's that release of that dopamine, that rush, Mm -hmm. like gambling, that high or whatever. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, it just plays into everything. It's not just the positive aspects that social media offers to you, but it's also the dopamine that comes along with it. So it's double addictive. It's double, double yeah. addictive. And we, um, if you watch the documentary, it talks about how when, uh, I always have this saying about you feed the life you lead. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how it is down to a science that whatever it is that you access the most on social media or that you're looking at the most they continue to feed that kind of information to you. Right, right. Right? Yeah. So you only get one side of anything, Mm -hmm. which then makes perfect sense when we're talking about, like, political polarization. Absolutely. Yeah. I I, I studied this in college. Let's talk. talk, Teach us. Tell us, Liam. I absolutely agree. Teach us, young lawyer. Tell us something. (laughs) It's just these the confirming of your own biases, and you're never going to walk away from something that continues day after day to confirm your biases and your opinions. So, and and it, it, it entrenches us in our own beliefs and it enables us to see only the things that we believe and not ever anything that we don't believe. Because if, if you scroll past something that is from a, a political action committee that is not on your side of the aisle, then you won't click on it. So they won't feed it to you again. But if you click on something that, you know you like, then they'll continue to feed things like that. So it, right. and it, and it, it just kind of plays into this whole political polarization scene that we see. And, and it's, there are a lot of studies that have been done recently on why we are so polarized and, and social media is just a part of it. Right. So another part is television and, and this polarization of major media outlets and, and you don't have four channels to choose from anymore that are your, cable news you have cnn and fox it's, news it's, and msnbc it's and insatiable and it is insatiable and and it's it's the same thing it's these self-confirming and and biasy confirming things and and because what is the product liam what is the so that's so interesting like this is chasing squirrels and i know that production said we only had five minutes but i do want to say this when i was growing up and probably when your mom was growing up there were four stations right mm-hmm. and then it would go off like a midnight and then there would be like a flag and some music and then the tv would go to static yeah and there was nothing yeah 
but now you have like an insomnia buddy, right? right. You can just, it can go and go and do yeah. that. What is, um, and I don't know if we can get this in, but I do want to talk about what you just said, because what we know as human beings is that we pursue and chase whatever feeds us and whatever we feel affirms our existence yeah. and our worthiness, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it is far and few between of human beings that say, I realize that I am not the end all be all mm -hmm. and that there are things I'm missing. Because right? yeah. it's hard for us to reconcile that we can be great and greatly flawed right. at the same time. Yeah. So then we are in this uh, constant vying for who wins and who loses mm -hmm. rather than I can be right and Liam can be right. Yeah. Right. Because we're in this big house and you could be looking out this window and say, I see a pool and all this. And I could be looking out windows and say, I see the street and a driveway and we could both be right. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So then it creates this divisiveness mm -hmm. because it makes people begin to think you I'm feeding the life you lead. So you don't see anything about this window over here. So that person has to be insane. Yeah. It can only yeah. be a waterfall. Yeah. What are we going to do, Liam? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wish I had the answer to that. Do you wish? <laughs> you have years to do that. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. I want you to think about it and drink some water. Then I need you to answer it when I come right back. All right? We'll yeah. be right back. More conversation on the way from What's on Your Souls with Mia. In the meantime, if you have a comment, log on with your laptop or smartphone to miaembro.com. That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H dot com. From the audio player, click the leave a comment link. Let your voice be heard. Now, back to more of what's on your souls. Okay, we are back on the porch and I have the privilege of sitting here with Liam. And Liam, we are now going to move into, because I know we have a kind of a box around us with our time, but I would love to hear your voice speaking just in regard to capitalism and the fact that it seems when we talk about social media that data has now become the product. Mm -hmm. So that's, we feel, you know, if we're talking about like, for somehow as human beings, we feel like it's about us, right? Somebody's right. paying attention to us and they like us. Right. And we're really popular or whatever. But it seems to be that what is being ravaged and what is being pursued is actual data. Right. It, yeah. It, it's not about us. Uh-oh. That it's, hurts our feelings. <laughs> <laughs> it's about our behaviors. And, and the data that we we put into the world and and how that's manipulated and how that's collected to more further manipulate us. And who wins out on that? Like who who's pursuing that? Like what's the end game on that? Who is the winner in all of that? The the ad sellers who are selling their products and who are getting movement on their sites and and making money from us, from the social media corporation. So we are the product. We are the product. It reminds me of, and I know that you're not quite, and maybe you are. I mean, you're pretty good. Maybe you have an awareness of this, but they used to talk about when you go to movie theaters, how there would be some subliminal message to tell you to go get popcorn, mm -hmm. and things like that when you were watching it. Yeah. So this just sounds like even a more sophisticated version right. of that. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's right. So, so more sophisticated and, and more extreme, I think, than popcorn so extreme because anytime we hear the word extreme then i think it ushers in a conversation about mental health 
mm-hmm. right? Because you're being pulled in some way or some kind of yeah. incongruence or dissonance. Let's talk about that. What are the, what do you perceive as the repercussions of what we're talking about in regards to social media, the addictive nature of it, the insatiable pursuit of it, the faux sense that we have that that's affirming our worth mm-hmm. and value and that that is us being connected to humanity. Yeah. What are the mental health repercussions of that? So I don't think it's much of a coincidence that over the last 10 years, we've seen record highs, high levels of suicide. You are correct. I mean, just for ages 15 to 24, over the last 10 years, almost 60% increase in suicide over the last 10 years. And, and it's even worse if you look at ages 10 to 14. Those numbers are tripled. And I don't think it's any coincidence that that coincides with the increase of social media. And, and those numbers from 2011 onward, 2011 is when Facebook went on mobile. Yes. Um, the increase in those numbers have been 7% on average annually since 2011. Okay, preach, Liam. Tell us about it. So, what do you, th- yeah. what do you, so walk that out. What do you think has happened? So, I, I just think that it, it's, it's not healthy mentally to, to continuously be looking at other people and other people's happy lives and comparing it to yourself. And this comparison between yourself and other people isn't conducive to a healthy mind. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It just No doesn't. matter what you think, it yeah. does more damage than it, it does. does. Yeah. Um, and so have you made any decisions or any... What have you done with this information? I know that you've known this, and I know this is kind of your arena, and you're in the study of law, and you understand mental health, and you have a lot of um, onboarding information. How has this affected your life? So I personally have deleted social medias, all social media from my phone. How old are you, Liam? 22. I have taken Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Facebook Messenger, whatever, off of my cell phone. Why? I I don't need it in my pocket all the time. The only thing that should be in my pocket is my phone to call my mother if I need to, or my siblings. That's a great call. Yeah, that's a great call. Yeah. <laughs> and and I also have put on, Apple has now come out with widgets in iOS 14, and I have added a widget to my home screen. Tell people what a widget, can you explain what that is? Sure, so. For the older people. That yeah. <laughs> it just, it's, a, it's, it's essentially an app icon that goes on your home screen, and it tells you information. I have one for the weather, and I also have one for my screen time. And so mine tells me and is continuously telling me how much time I've spent on my phone that day. Why did you do that, Liam? I want, so I'm not, I mean, I'm not telling your business. I don't know all your business, but I want to say that my assumption, and uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, is that you've grown up in a pretty comfortable life. Yes. And had access to comfortable yeah, things, right? For sure. And you could probably do, I mean, you've probably done a lot of things that some people hope to do. And, um, why would you decide that that's not helpful? Because, and I'm just going to play into stereotypes, it would seem to fit your life perfectly. Mm-hmm. So what about you or what you know would make you decide it's not necessary? I, I just found myself addicted to it. And I found myself on my phone 
for four hours a day looking, scrolling through Instagram or checking Snapchat. And, and, and I didn't do these things until after I watched The Social Dilemma. So I'll, we'll plug it again. Go watch The Social Dilemma. <laughs> it's revealing. It is, it is revealing. And I just, I don't need it in my life. And it's, it, I don't know why I came to the realization that I didn't need it. But I guess. So what do you I do with that did. time that you've redeemed now? I, well, I'm currently studying for the LSAT. So that takes up so most of my time. A little something. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I try to read. I try to read more news, which isn't always the most fun thing these days. But also when I'm not, when my brain is not spent by the LSAT studying, I try to read more for fun. And just, I won't even bring my phone out into the living room most of the time and I'll just talk to my siblings or do you feel so when you did that because you know some people do things cold turkey mm -hmm. and other people it take it's a process do you feel in your quest in doing that or in the process of doing that did you feel like you were missing out on something like did you have withdrawals is what I should ask yeah I, I, I still do I still have I still feel as if I want to see what's going on in everybody's life. But why don't you access it? I, I don't know. I, I just overcome it and don't give myself the opportunity to re-download it or look it up on my computer or whatever. Liam, I cannot thank you enough. I feel like this will be another. You will come again to the porch and sit and we will talk some more. But I believe this is such a relevant gift. We've kind of sat in this space of helping parents as they launch their kids, like the empty nest. Mm -hmm. And um, there's so many questions that I receive about what do you do? What do you not do? How do you do this? How do you say no? And the whole social media perspective has come up. Uh, I want to say that conversation starts with me with parents when their kids are in elementary school. Mm -hmm. So that shows me just how insidious it can be. And yeah, how, and how early it starts. Right, and then that, that addictive nature of it and yeah. that whole quest and also that whole quest and vying for being valued, heard, and seen that we're able to, in our brains, manipulate alike mm -hmm. yeah. into meaning, connection, relationship, right, rapport. Yeah. Yeah, and, and value. So I cannot thank you enough for thank coming you. because I know you... You have big things to do. You're about to be an attorney that's going to change the world. God knows. <laughs> Thank you. We need a little of that now. Yeah. And yeah. we're so excited uh, just about your pleasant demeanor and personality, Liam. We are just praying for you and thinking of you. Thank you. Hurrah, hurrah. Encouraging <laughs> you behind the scenes. Thank you and, for having me. Oh, I'm so glad that our lives are connected now. So I have a couple of questions for you that I end every podcast with. And the name of this exercise is I Am. From. So I will give you prompts and you're just going to respond to the prompts. I am from, and you will list sight, sounds, and smells of your childhood. Okay. So I am from, I am from Dallas, Texas and sights. I remember looking out over the lake at my house and over, over Lake Texoma, so I have a house up at Lake Texoma, as you know, and it, it in my opinion, is the best view of the lake, and, and that's one of my 
most vivid memories from my childhood. Okay, what about sounds and smells? Sounds and smells, I remember the cicadas in the backyard of my house in Dallas and the smell of the grill. My dad used to do barbecues every weekend and I remember the smell. I am from um, your favorite foods. Sushi is my favorite food. What sushi place? Oishi. Where's that? It is on it is on the tollway and Oaklawn in Dallas. Liam no, and I Oaklawn. are sitting in Dallas. We so are. for those of you yes. who aren't in Texas, Liam and I both live in around the Dallas Metroplex. And so he's talking about off the North Dallas Tollway in Oaklawn, which is right before you get to downtown mm-hmm. Dallas. Okay, I am from and you are going to think of like family sayings or mottos or words that were just commonly heard and everybody understood what that meant in your household growing up. Uh, dinner time. We, as a family, my entire childhood ate dinner together at the table. No phones, no technology. We just were. And we ate together and talked together and we, we did a thing which is a great thing that everybody can do at dinner. We did rosebud or roses and thorns. Your roses are your favorite part of your day and your thorns are your least favorite part of the day. And we went around the table and everybody says them and everybody talks about them and, and it just, it starts conversations and it doesn't, it does you know, not having technology doesn't have to be boring. Um, conversation is not and does not have to be boring. This conversation with Liam is just making me more taken with him. <laughs> okay, and then Liam, I am from, and now you are going to um, list virtues of, or attributes of people, friends, people you respect and love that you find are the consistent threat. Like this happens with the, every time I choose to be drawn towards someone, this is what exists. Um, openness. I, I surround myself with people who are open to discussions and open to ideas that aren't necessarily their ideas. Um, integrity. I just, you know, I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. Um, and, and honesty. I think I find myself surrounded with people that have those three qualities. Liam, do you ever hear, have you ever heard the terminology old soul? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have an old soul. <laughs> Thank you. Which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean that with the utmost respect or whatever. You have an old soul. It's like you, you already know what we think you don't know. So we're so this has been an honor and a privilege. And Liam and I, both our desire and our prayer is that this has somehow been relevant and meaningful to someone that is listening, that has invested their time and attention towards us. We're grateful. Uh, we've enjoyed our time on the porch, and we hope that it has um, had some impact on you that changes you and moves you towards greater and possibly changes the legacy of your life. And so we're so grateful, and um, our earnest desire is that you will find rest for yourselves. As we bring another episode to a close, we want to thank you. And check out our website at miaembro.com. That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H.com. Leave us a message or feedback. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast to receive the latest episodes. And join us next time as we discuss what's on your souls.